0: Back in 1975, representatives from 80 countries agreed on a set of legally binding rules for regulating the international trade of threatened plants and animals. The result is CITES, the Convention on International Trade of Endangered Species. Today, there are 177 member states, and they recently finished their triennial meeting in Bangkok, Thailand. Sarah Yulman is senior attorney for the Center for Biological Diversity. She was in Bangkok for the meeting and joins me now for a wrap-up.
1: With the very large exception of polar bears, this was a very successful meeting for conservation. We had uh, five species of sharks listed, two species of rays, uh, 47 species of turtles, and then some, some endangered tree species. They were all protected uh, in, in Bangkok over the past couple weeks.
0: Talk to me about the process involving sharks.
1: Basically, the way CITES works is that there are two lists. First is Appendix 1, and if you're a species on Appendix 1, commercial trade internationally is largely entirely banned. The second list is Appendix 2, which includes species that, although not necessarily yet threatened with extinction, are definitely in trade, and if trade isn't controlled, are on their way to potentially being threatened. So at Bangkok, there were five species of sharks that were listed under Appendix 2, so this lesser but still very important list. So because of this listing, the trade of these five species of sharks will be both tracked and limited.
0: Now these aren't the first limitations put on sharks, are they?
1: No. Uh, Over the past 10 years or so, there have been three other species that were listed. But those three species include the great white shark, are species that are largely targeted by trophy hunting. And so these five sharks were listed because they are targeted for the shark fin trade, something that is definitely growing and a, a very concerning issue. Among the species are the scalloped hammerhead, which is considered the most valuable of the shark species for fins. We also have the poor beagle, which is one of the world's most threatened shark species. It's declined by about 95% recently. And then the oceanic white tip, which is this shark with these gorgeous long fins that have these these white tips.
0: How were the negotiations about the sharks? How did those proceed?
1: Well, definitely the most exciting part of the meeting, I would say, were the sharks. Uh, So on March 11th, The countries got together and decided that these five shark species should be listed on on Appendix 2. It was voted on by really just a hair, something like three votes. At the very end of the meeting, parties come back together and they kind of review the decisions made earlier in the week and confirm them. And that came even more down to the wire, really by one vote. So it did finally get approved, which was a huge relief to everyone and ultimately a huge conservation success.
0: Things went well for sharks, but perhaps the same can't be said for polar bears. What happened there?
1: Polar bears were a huge disappointment this year. That's really the one species that did not go well. The U.S. had proposed to list polar bears on Appendix 1, so that means a complete commercial trade ban internationally of polar bears. And I think people are surprised to learn that this is also a species that is very much in trade. And about 400 of these bears' pelts end up as rugs in the rug trade internationally. So the U.S., with the support of Russia, had proposed to ban this trade. Unfortunately, the world failed polar bears and and didn't agree.
0: Who was opposed?
1: Canada, actually, was a strong voice in opposition. Back in 2008, the U.S. listed the polar bear as a threatened species under our Domestic Endangered Species Act, and Canada looked at the same issue under its Endangered Species Act in 2011 and declined to list the species.
0: So what's the hunting that's involved in Canada? Is this indigenous? Is this among the Inuit and the Nunavut? Or is this commercial hunting?
1: Hunting in Canada is done by the Inuit, both for subsistence and for commercial trade. And if the species were to be listed under CITES, CITES really only deals with the international commercial trade. So polar bears would still be uh, subsistence hunted; that that would not stop. It would really only be the, the international commercial trade and in, in the pelts
0: themselves. CITES, of course, isn't only for protecting animals. There are a number of plant species. Uh, that it considers, and some gain more protection this year. Can you tell me about that?
1: Sure. There were several species of endangered trees that were protected at CITES. This includes several species of rosewood as well as ebony, and these are gorgeous trees, which unfortunately also make very lovely furniture, a huge demand for this furniture, particularly in China. Uh, So a number of countries had proposed that these trees be listed on Appendix 2, so basically that the trade be tracked and limited, and that was passed, which is a great conservation success.
0: In another three years, the uh, Convention on the International Trade of Endangered Species Societies will meet. I believe it's in South Africa. Yes. What progress do you think will be reported there, and what will be some of the urgent questions, do you think?
1: I think next time in South Africa, we will be looking at more shark species. I would also keep my eye on Arctic species. CITES is really starting to consider the impact of climate change, something that's going to be threatening a large number of wildlife species. And a lot of these species, like the walrus, like the narwhal, like the polar bear, are in trade. So I think that those species are probably going to be on the list as well.
0: Sarah Ullman is the senior attorney for the Center for Biological Diversity. Thanks so much for taking the time with us today.
1: Thanks. It was great talking to you.